Here we go, Hour 3, Great Day 4 Talk Radio. It's a little blustery out there. Again, tie everything down, batten down the hatches, winds whipping around to 80 clicks, we're told anyway. And so uh, that would be the warning, the weird weather warning. It's not really weird because it's November and the leaves are all going to be shaken out of the trees. And, you know, uh, it happens every year. I don't know, you can almost set your clock to it. You set it back, and then a day or two later, the winds come, they blow the leaves out. You then call the leaf guys, if you haven't already, and say, I need my gutters cleaned. and uh, Or, you know, your yard maintenance people, if that's you, uh, you plan to, well, get it done before the snow flies. That's a drag when all the leaves are on the ground and the snow comes and covers it. I know. And some procrastinators, I see that happen. It's just a mess. However, uh, enough said about that. I just wanted to follow up. Uh, the discussion that we had with our panel had to do with this Jim Wilson, member of the cabinet of Doug Ford, having resigned on Friday, and uh, the shuffle happened uh, sometime on Sunday, I guess, and was announced on Monday. And some people are really uh, making hay out of this, like uh, there's all kinds of skullduggery in play. Is it really important? I don't know. Uh, this is why I asked the panel the question, and there were kind of mixed responses, but I'm going to put it to Kim Wright, who's a VP at Hill and Knowlton and also an ardent new Democrat, and she's joined us here on the line on the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Kim, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm uh, battening down the hatches, as they say. You are, aren't you? Because it's going to be windy, or it is windy. You know, it I just is windy, but I, you know, go back to Guns and Roses, a little cold November rain. <sighs> Okay. Did you want to break out into an Axel Rose thing? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Slash. You know his hat would blow off in this kind of weather. Uh, however, <laughs> or, although I think he had it kind of glued to his head, or it was affixed with Velcro or something like that. Anybody ever see Slash without the hat? I don't think so. I think he sleeps in it, doesn't he? I'm sure it's like a picture of John Sewell smiling. I'm not sure there are too many of them around. (laughs) Oh, okay. John Sewell smiling. There's a reference. He was a mayor for about a week and a half back in the late 70s. All right. Two years, I think, actually. And you liked him, didn't you, Kim? Because, I mean, you guys are sort of fellow travelers cut from the same cloth. Well, just because people, you know, are are similar overarching politics doesn't mean you agree on everything. Okay. Well, yeah, I, 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 I would accept that. There's not uniformity right across the board. But let me ask you, because there seems to be with the NDP up there in the legislature, everybody singing from the same hymn sheet. Like Doug Ford's done something uh, that is uh, outrageously scandalous or something because he uh, had Jim Wilson resign on Friday. Wilson had to walk the plank. I know it was stated as addiction uh, problems or related to addiction. And then it surfaced that it was actually to do with allegations of sexual impropriety. Uh, why should anyone care about all of this? Well, what people should care about is if if anyone, member of the legislature, staff, or or politician has addiction issues and mental health challenges, they should absolutely seek treatment. This should not stop that discussion. And we saw on Friday night there was an outpouring from myself included. Uh, wishing uh, Mr. Wilson well in his seek of treatment. What has happened uh, subsequently, again, no allegations have been proven, but uh, that there are some uh, concerning uh, situations that are unfolding. Now, uh, so rightfully so, uh, he goes and, and, and sits as an independent. All of this becomes investigated, uh, as does anything else that's been happening around the legislature. What is interesting to me and and kind of lost sight of in the Wilson conversation has been uh, the move of uh, Minister Tobolo, uh, who it came to light last week had uh, been 
entrepreneurial, I guess we'll call it, uh, decades ago with some Ponzi schemes. Uh, and then also just... Were they Ponzi schemes per se? I just want to be careful here. Well, yeah, so uh, it's an allegation of, and I don't know that he's ever it's ever been uh, proven, but there, really what's happening is that Premier Ford and his staff and his caucus really have gotten to know each other in very intense circumstances over the last four months since they were sworn in. They had a very rare summer sitting with a very ambitious uh, and aggressive legislative agenda. So they didn't really get to know each other. Premier Ford only became the leader of the party after Patrick Brown had to resign. Uh, so understanding who they all are, what their skill sets are, can they uh, shine under the spotlight of being a cabinet minister? Some haven't. Uh, you know, when we saw uh, Minister Yakubuski uh, moved out of transportation as uh, the province is looking to upload uh, TTC. So better for the premier to do all of these at once than dribs and drabs of ministers from a message handling perspective. Uh, but to do this over the course of the weekend without much notification and certainly without a, uh, some fanfare uh, that you would normally see in uh, with cabinet ministers being sworn into the LG's office, to do it at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning, uh, raise some questions for people, for sure. And well, rightfully so, the opposition pointed that out. All right. When you say raises some questions for people, uh, who are those people? I sound like Seinfeld now. Uh, who are these people? No, because uh, the rank and file, you know, the uh, great amorphous mass out there, I don't think they're paying attention. I think they're too busy, and this is all inside baseball, inside the Queen's Park hub. That's my own assessment of things. You may disabuse me of that if you think that this is going to somehow resonate, and uh, somewhere along the line it will cost the confidence of the current government, who have been there for four months, still kind of a work in progress. Uh, they're getting their sea legs. Would that be a fair assessment? They are getting their sea legs. They are trying to figure each other out. But what we're talking about when we talk about things like our economic development minister, this is some some of the folks that are on the world stage negotiating with the with U.S. states around NAFTA or whatever we're calling it now, the USMC. Uh, you know, there are lots of conversations that are happening around trade and finance. So, no, in and of itself, a cabinet shuffle four months in isn't a big deal. Uh, but the question becomes, what is next and how do they continue to manage their legislative agenda, which between now and the uh, Christmas break also includes uh, some significant labor legislation to, to be passed, uh, as well as uh, the regulations on cannabis and uh, a few other uh, things that are coming down the pipe that we're still expecting. So, you know, who who holds the chairs? It may or may not matter to people in their day-to-day -day life, but making sure that their governance structures are sound and their governments are sound, that's what, uh, that's, uh, that becomes a concern. And also remember, John, the Premier ran on the fact that he would have a cabinet that wouldn't be uh, a distraction, that these were strong, stable ministers that he could pull a cabinet from. And then here we are four months in, and uh, there were some, some cracks in the system. All right, with uh, Kim Wright, VP at Hill and & Knowlton, and a staunch New Democrat. I would say, you know, uh, the New Democrats may be better uh, positioned to focus on the fortunes of Jugmeet Singh. I mean, what's going on with this guy? Here he came out of the shoot as, you know, the next incarnation of the progressive uh, poster boy. And he can't get any traction. Nobody's buying what he's got on offer. I, he, I mean, I don't even know if he's, uh, when's that contest in Burnaby South going to be granted, the by-election that he's purportedly going to uh, win, so he's got a seat in the House of Commons. I mean, well, this, this kind of looks like it doesn't really uh, 
reflect well on the NDP. What do you say? You know, the the lack of a by-election being called in Burnaby is really at the the feet of the prime minister. He has the ability to call that by-election. Jagmeet has been ready to go on that by-election. He's been nominated for a few months now. Uh, This is completely about the prime minister not wanting to have uh, any possibility of Jagmeet in the House debating him on a daily daily basis. Uh, So that's not on Jagmeet, that's on the prime minister. Uh, in terms of what he's doing, he's doing what an opposition leader always does in the pre-election, going around from community to community, uh, building up his network, increasing his uh, his vote, uh, his pool of voters. Uh, so while it, is, it helps uh, liberals who often come in pundit uh, to say that he's not doing anything, he's actually doing exactly what he should be doing, developing policy, developing candidates, uh, and developing a network across Canada. And if you look at where the prime minister, today's prime minister, was a year out from the election, his polling numbers were pretty abysmal. Right. So what you're saying is history may repeat itself. It could very well. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, Well, I'll take you at your word here. It's just that maybe I've been paying attention to the wrong sources. I don't see any mention or any significant thing that's being said or written about the dude. But uh, it's still a year out, and we do know that's an eternity in politics. Maybe he'll get his mojo on before, uh, you know, The mandate is actually called, or uh, whatever it is, the writ is dropped. Appreciate it as always, Kim. Thanks so much. We'll see you in studio before too long. Thanks, John. Kim Wright, VP at Helen Knowlton, and a staunch New Democrat. All right. Who knows? Up in Ottawa, you know, they care more about their hockey team than they do about the politics on Parliament Hill. And, you know, they should, because their hockey team is in disarray. I've got to get back to a story that to my mind anyway, is too delicious to not give you a shot at commenting on. So let's do that. We'll open the lines, 870-6400, star 640 on cell. These players, seven of them, in a van, or I guess it might have been an SUV. You know, they're rich hockey players. They're taking an Uber, splitting it seven ways, and taking it from the rink to the hotel. I guess the rink's still in Glendale, so it's a way a ways out, depending where they stay. Well, up in Ottawa, the rink in Nepean. What a drag that was. That was out of the city center. And uh, that was like a 20-minute jaunt out into the sticks, kind of an industrial setting. Yeah, it was a drag. Ottawa's a rink. But, you know, that's just another one of their concerns, this this Melnick guy. And why? by the way, if you're Eugene Melnick, how would you address a situation where seven players on tape in an Uber ride caught surreptitiously they didn't know and which is why they were honest to a fault they dropped their guard and they're bad-mouthing their coach one of their well the assistant coach Guy Boucher is the coach they didn't say anything about him as far in the five-minute context of the tape that I saw but it was Marty Raymond Marty who's the assistant and he came up with Boucher from Tampa and uh, here's a guy who's in charge of uh the penalty kill and the power play the year before. So Matt Duchesne, one of the key cogs in the wheel that is the Ottawa Senators, commenting on how in a calendar year they were about the worst in terms of penalty kill as well as power play under Marty Raymond. Give a listen. Do you notice that? Do you notice that when he when he uh, runs the video, like if you actually do pay attention, he doesn't ever teach you anything. He just commentates no. what's happening. He's like, uh, "Here's uh, someone so skating on the wall with the puck." Yeah, so he doesn't say what to do with it. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing too. We don't change anything ever. So why do you have a meeting? Like I haven't paid attention in three weeks. I haven't paid attention in three weeks. That's Matt Duchesne. That's so funny. And you know, this is this is the kind of thing. Athletics is pure meritocracy. 
There's no advancement because of, you know, gender parity or anything like that. This is, and it's very clarifying. And when you lose the room, you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. I'm sorry. It's like Humpty Dumpty. You, you're not putting it back together. I think Marty Raymond is done. Unless you can find another way of addressing this. Now, Matt Stone, uh, he of the Ottawa Senators as well. I guess he's, you know, one of the senior members now at this stage. He said it's just a hiccup. No big deal. And I'm saying, uh, hiccup, if something is lodged in your throat, Dr. Heimlich ain't going to remove what you guys got stuck <laughs> in your craw, certainly. So this is where uh, it's something internal that's being digested right now. How would you handle it in real time? How would you deal with this? Does Marty Raymond get his uh, walking papers? He's out of there. He's damaged goods. Uh, do you have a sit down where it's basically like Festivus? It's an airing of the grievances. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and so... Or is it uh, where the players make apologies, the legal aspect of whether or not it's a, a violation of the privacy policy of Uber? Uh, is the driver culpable? Is the company itself culpable? Based on the laws in the states in that particular area, Arizona, where you've got to, uh, I believe, tell somebody they're being taped. A third party cannot do it surreptitiously. And we get that the driver might have had this camera on his dashboard or uh, rather on his rearview mirror. Just for safety reasons, okay. But then it was disseminated via YouTube and Twitter. Somewhere along the line, uh, he's got to be held accountable or responsible too. So how would you handle this, first and foremost, if you're Eugene Melnick? 870-6400, let's take some calls in this. Or I'm guessing Melnick is the guy handling it, unless it goes to uh, the GM in this instant. Either or, uh, the top dogs in the ivory tower have got to deal with this this is damage control and a tire fire that needs to be doused.